What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Thank you for being part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Also available at MyTalk1071.com. Keyword Red Hot. With us, of course, is Mimi Shoneman, our Red Hot Real Estate agent and super licensed realtor from Remax Results. Hello, Mimi. Good morning. Hello. Also with us from Amec Home Loans, Mr. Phil Olson is here as well. Good morning. I am so glad to see you. You guys, uh, first of all, Phil, let's get your NMLS numbers out of the way right away. NMLS two three eight one zero three branch NMLS three seven nine zero nine four and company NMLS one five zero nine five three. Well, we definitely want to encourage everybody to call in and not only get their questions answered by talking to our two experts here in our real estate market. That number is six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's six five one six four one one zero seven one. But you can also get a hot off the presses copy of those guides that we have going on right now, Mimi. You know, this really ties into what we're talking about today, Phil. So we, so, okay, I'm going to just tell everybody this is my stuff. <laughs> I am hooked on 90 Day Fiance. As there are you. lots of there people. I could binge watch that show <laughs> all day long. And Louisville's not representing very well there, but just saying, <laughs> if you watch, you know. It's anyway. an awesome show. Yeah. Okay, right, Phil. You've never seen it. Anyway. <laughs> He's not like, but you seem enthusiastic about it, Mimi, so I'm good. So, so, now, so now he's going to go and watch it. Anyway, back to the guides. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I digress. So we've got two guides, things to consider when you buy your house and things to consider when you sell your house. Yes. And so in here, I'm just going to tell you some of the stuff that's included. Four reasons to buy a home. Home prices over the last year. Buying remains cheaper than renting in 39 states. Okay. Yes. You know, things like that. Uh, reasons to become a home a homeowner and good financial investment things. How can you save for your down payment? Why pre, pre-approval with people like our good buddy Phil here? Why is that important? So we're going to talk. <laughs> I wish I could think of something really more creative, but. Oh, you're doing fine. 90 days. To a perfect mortgage marriage. Okay, I like that. Yeah. A perfect mortgage marriage. Yes. That's, you know, because we don't want to say financing or anything like that, because that's really just. How about too... just a, a perfect real estate transaction? Not yes. And you told me, Phil, when we were talking about this show, that you really would prefer for people to start reaching out to you six months or more before. But we're just going to talk about the 90 days. 90 days. Can 90 I call day. it a just not even perfect, just 90 day mortgage marriage? Because we don't want to create, you know, because if we do watch 90 Day Fiance or any of those reality shows that we all love, we notice that things are very often not perfect. And so <laughs> that's probably part of what you guys need to cover today is that people have this quote unquote perfect expectation of an experience because we do watch these shows that are curated and produced and 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 all of the bumps that are non entertaining are weeded out. So you don't really see the right image of yes. what goes on during that ninety day mortgage marriage. But then you right? see the one couple that really does love each other. Yes. And they really get married because that's the real thing. Yes. But then you see all this other stuff, which is why we <laughs> binge watch it, right, Bill? Exactly. <laughs> well let's do it. I sound like I think this is gonna be a nice little mashup between ninety day fiance that you love and what I also love, which is house hunters. And okay. so I think we're gonna smush those two together. Let's, exactly. right? let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So I mean all of our my talkers, we know that we love our 
our reality shows. That's a, a, a staple and a cornerstone of what we do as my talkers is watch these shows. But we have to remind ourselves that we watch them because they're entertaining. And that means that there's a, re, a lot of the boring things are taken out of it. And so we're going to give you that behind the scenes look. Yes. Right. Because you're never going to walk into a showing and open a door with your client and see a collie sitting on a bed <laughs> looking at you in the face. Right. This is a true story. <laughs> Happened to me story? this week. Oh, really? I, yeah, I about you know passed out. I like dogs, but I just want to know they're there, you right? Know? So, so you that know. you don't, so that you and the dog can create a, like, a, a, an appropriate, a proper way to like yeah. greet each other. It's like yeah, the dog's it's, it's probably like, surprised. You're surprised. It's like me walking in on you changing clothes. Yeah, like, no, I'm like no, okay, no, 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 know about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Phil, that's way too much information. <laughs> But it's true, and it's the kind of thing that we could cut out of the whole 90-day fiancé. There you go. Okay. Tell your story of the week, Phil. Story of the week. I met a client here, oh, three days ago, and sat down with her and looked at her financials, and she told me that she wanted to get a refinance, and I I said, so tell me what's your current interest rate? She said, six and an eighth, and I go, oh, my gosh. Then I took a look at the note. This was the instrument she signed on her previous mortgage. Okay. And I noticed that it was a loan modification. And the reason it was a loan modification is she was in trouble and she needed some help. But the the lender put her into a 40-year fixed rate mortgage. Her total principal and interest was $1,213. And of that, a whole $123 was being moved towards principal on a monthly basis. Oh, good. And my client did not know this. Say that now, one more time. Just repeat what you just said that they didn't know. They did not know. Didn't know what? Did not know that they had a 40 year loan. Why oh. do you think that is? And how is that possible? It's either they weren't provided the information that they should have been provided by the loan officer and the mortgage lender or the consumer. Just sign paperwork, just to sign paperwork. Because they were trying to get their loan payment down lower? Correct. Okay. So, I mean, I can see that. Like, if you're already in the weeds, we'll say it. I use that Mm -hmm. a lot. If you're already, if there's lots of things, and, you know, we know life happens. And so, if you are in the midst of life, it is very difficult sometimes to sit there and go, well, what's the minutiae? What am I really signing? All this will do is help today. Correct. So, so what's the great news? Yeah. Great news. She's getting a 4% interest rate. Her payment's dropping by $250. And oh, by the way, we're now going to be moving $469 a month versus $123 towards principal reduction. And she started crying with me at the kitchen table because she was so happy. Phil, how long has she been in that previous scenario? She has been in that scenario now for four years. Wow. Okay. Okay. So everybody knows. Okay. So... I think most people have had moments in their life where if you're if you're in distress or if you have a big shock, you know how you can kind of like your mind, it kind of goes, ooh, like you're going backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that a lot of times if you are having these moments, you need to reach out to us. Correct. And, and, and here's what I'm going to tell you. Had she called me four years ago, I would have not done a loan like this. There are other programs that could have helped her, would have put her in a better financial position, but because it was like we're part of our show is talking about people do things right at the moment. Right. Instead of analyzing, thinking, or maybe just reaching out. Right. And that's where I'm going to challenge our my talkers 
to call Mimi, call myself in a moment of distress. Don't freak out. Yes, I want to say, if you hear the word modification from your lender, call us. There are other options. Correct. There's many, many other alternatives. All right. And doing a loan modification, one, not that we're we're kind of getting off subject here, but a loan modification is actually viewed as a foreclosure. Yes. Just so you know. Oh, and I'm... Because you're not meeting the terms of the contract. But you see what lenders, I'm sorry to say, uh, there are wolves and there's sharks out there. Okay. They won't tell the consumer that. They'll just say the good stuff. Right. Because it sounds like it's better than me not making payments. Oh, this way I'll be able to make an adjustment and continue to make my payments. So I'm doing what's healthiest for me and my financial future. Maybe you're better off selling your house. Okay. And maybe going into a temporary rental position for one or two years instead of sacrificing all your money and converting your home into a rental situation. It becomes like a, a bailing the water out of your small boat with a hole in it. Okay. You know, you're you're just trying to survive. You're panicked. You don't know what to do. The people that you've turned to that you trust have given you this set of, of options. There's almost always other options. Correct. And it just really comes down to clients meeting with me and basically burying their soul and letting me look at all the financials. And like I said, I've got a big team of people around me that I can implement and use to basically look at the whole picture and not just the mortgage. Look at the whole financial picture, because sometimes I might tell a client, no, you're not, but you're not. Doing a refinance does not make sense. Okay. It doesn't cure your problem. Okay. Maybe you're better off doing this. All right. I've actually done it where I've helped people sell their house and buy a new house with a better loan product at a lower monthly payment at almost the same price point they were before instead of refinancing. Yeah. And so, Phil, when we come back from the break, We're going to start talking about the perfect 90-day mortgage marriage. Perfect. All right. We'll also take your calls. It's easy to get a hold of Phil and Mimi. You can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. In studio, Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. Also, Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. We're both there. They're both here giving you some great advice. And and one of the things we were talking before uh, we came back from break is trying to explain the differentiation between being able to go to what may be somebody that you already have a relationship, like your bank or your credit union, versus going to an actual mortgage specialist like Phil. And it seems like, in, and you guys can can fill in this blanks, but it really is like we we use the the idea of family, you know, He's, kind of thing. It is family. Well, yeah, family gives great advice, but family is not necessarily an expert. Yes. Yeah. And so, mom and dad may have purchased a home back in 1978, mm-hmm. and they're going to try and give you information on what's going on today, right? And never seen another house, never walked the walk, never talked the talk. Now, I'm going to talk about Phil and. He is a mortgage broker. Right. And Correct. that to me means that he has a bevy of products that almost every product known to man he can find or use. And Phil, talk about what what the difference is and define the word overlay and how it how it affects the consumer. Okay. You've got 
it is mortgage guidelines that are done by the federal government. Okay. And we have what's called MRI books. I call them our mortgage Bibles. Gotcha. They come from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae. Ginnie Mae is FHA. And those are all federal programs. They're all federal programs, and and they basically govern all the programs that are out there with the specific guidelines that must be followed based on a consumer situation. Will they qualify or not qualify? Now let's talk about what's called overlays. Okay. All right. An overlay is an extension of the specific Bible, meaning there's additional guidelines that a specific bank or credit union basically says, not only do we need this, but our regulators say we also have to have this. Okay. Give an example of that. So the example I'll give you is I had a client that called me here about two weeks ago on a construction loan, and they was they were told, well, my institution told me I need to have 20% down, and the best they can do is they can give me a 5-1 arm, which is an adjustable rate mortgage. I did the application, pulled credit, talked to the consumer, ran the numbers. Well, I came back with a 5% down conventional product, all right, on a 30-year fixed, it could have been a 20, it could have been a 15, it could have been a 10. So why the 20% and why the 5-1 arm? Those were overlays, meaning if you're going to fit in my small little box, you need to do the following to meet our guidelines. Now, I'm a broker, but I'm also a banker. Because Amic Home Loans, we fund our own money as well. Okay. And we also service as well. So not only can I go, it is broker and go with 80 different lenders. I can also go with Amic products as well. And between all of those, I have every single product, almost every single lender. And I'm able to shop rates with all those lenders in less than 15 seconds. Because I have a software program that's tied into all of them, which basically then shows me all the different programs, all the different rates, and what a a bevy or, let's go back to the buffet. Let me present you a buffet-style mortgage. (laughs) Right. Okay? Perfect. So, back to 90 days. So, somebody's been kind of tiptoeing around, looking online, maybe popping into an open house or such, and they're like, you know what, I... I really think I'm, I want a house. Mm-hmm. What is the very first thing they need to do? I think the first thing they need to do is call me and let's find out what your short-term and long-term goals are. Okay. Find so out they, what your budget is. So they go to your website and mm-hmm. you have a form, an application that they fill out. And what's in the application? What do they need to do? Application normally takes five or ten minutes to fill out. And in that time span, they're going to put their name, their social, their date of birth their home address, their employment, their average yearly income, uh, if they're a U.S. citizen, uh, if they own other properties. It's pretty generic, and the standard consumer can fill it out in five to ten minutes. Okay, so let's just say that that, what you just said, causes somebody great anxiety, Mm -hmm. Um, much akin to going to the CPA or your tax preparer at the end of the year, and they're like, just what you just said is enough to make me want to throw up and I'm not doing it. So if they come into your office, you'll help them do it. Oh, I have people come into my office all the time. I can do it over the phone. Um, 
client I met with Friday Friday evening at five o'clock. I drove to her house. I, I do house calls. I consider myself a doctor, and guess what? I'm here to help. And if that's going to help my consumer, be it to where I drive to their location, it's really not a big deal. Yes. And so after the application, what is the very next thing that you do for the person? At that point in time, I'll pull credit, okay? Uh, by pulling credit, it tells me a lot of things. It tells me what your history's been. It tells me what your credit scores are. And understand, if you've only got one score, then that would be the score we use. If okay. you've got two scores, we'll use the lower of the two. And if you've got three scores, and I would say 98% of consumers have three scores, then you go with what's called the middle score. All right. Okay. Now, not only do I look at score, but I have to look then at what are your obligations? What are you trying to afford? Do you own other properties? Do you have other mortgages? What is your history with those trade lines? Do you have excess, excess home equity loans? There's a lot of things I look at on credit before I'm going to render a decision. Okay. Two questions. So, this is really for a family member that lives out of state. But I okay. just tell them that the answer was somebody has only student loans. Mm-hmm. They do not believe in credit cards. Yep. What do you advise them to do? I would tell you that they're making a mistake. Okay. But what and would be, what would you advise them to I do? I would advise them, and I've advised lots of clients over the years, is that you get two credit cards, and I don't care what the credit card is. It could be a gas station credit card at 21.9% interest. I could care less about the interest rate. You're going to use that credit card once a month. Okay. You're going to pump up, pump gas into your car for 60 bucks. You're going to get the statement back 30 days later, and you're going to pay it down to by, by $50. In other words, you're going to have a, keep a $10 balance on that card. And then you're going to get another credit card, preferably a Visa or a MasterCard. You're going to go buy food one time a week, groceries. You're going to get that bill. You're going to pay it down to $10. And by having those two credit cards, you're going to start establishing credit. Student loans that are deferred, student loans that are in some type of a non-repayment program are not reporting on your credit report. And last but not least, student loan debt does not enhance your credit scores. Okay. So, so even if you're make- making all of your payments, it doesn't help you, though. It, it, it's at the lowest end of all specific types of trade lines. So mortgage first, installment loan second, revolving debt, be it credit cards third, last but not least is student loans. Okay. So you're advising not pay it off 100% each month. Leave a balance. Keep a $10 balance for how long? A year? You want to know something? What's, what's, uh, you know, 21% of $10 is what? $2.19 at the end of the year to help you reestablish credit or build credit. I mean, that's, that's, that's a great rate return on investment there, I would say. And it's smart. And you're not really going to be accruing. It's like buying one pizza a year. So, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So when we come back from the break, let's talk a little bit about uh, consumer wants and their wants versus their needs and how expectations are um, are sometimes not in line. Correct. And awesome. if, you, if you have a question or if you've been thinking, okay, maybe this is the right time for me to jump into the market and start looking at a home. Today is a great day for you to call and be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show.
Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. Remember, you can get this episode and previous episodes. They are podcastable. So you can go to our go. page, our show page. It's MyTalk1071.com, keyword Red Hot. So, Phil, I hear that you've got some money to give away. <laughs> I've always got money to give away. Wow. Yeah. So. For the going all the way up and through October 31st, Mimi and I are going to give away a free home inspection, reimbursement, <laughs> or a free radon inspection, or it is uh, basically modification or fixing of the radon system, all the way up to $400. Money, Excellent. Honey. Yes. money is good. <laughs> free money, Phil. Looking over there, you're looking good, yeah. Yeah, uh, giving away some cash. Going to Halloween with a little extra ching in your pocket. There so you that's go. awesome. It's that just a little awesome. something, something. There you go. And I think one of the things that we were talking about is we are going through this 90 day perfect mortgage marriage scenario, uh, and we're only in a couple of days. Like things, a lot have happened in the first two days of this relationship. But a lot of what you said, Phil, was that you can tailor this experience to what is the best communication strategy for the potential um, client. So Correct. if they're super high tech and they want everything done from their computer and their smartphone you can do that but if they want to just hey come to my house and i'll just show you everything i have in a red rope folder in my basement you i can, can do, that, do that, too. that too make him clean your bathroom too. <laughs> no i don't know about that <laughs> he's like don't volunteer right. me for so that. we've just gone through the application and the credit check that's for you phil you can do very quickly in maybe a couple of days max I can normally get a client from cradle to grave approval in probably five business days oh, or less. Okay. Normally, I can have them shopping within three days. Okay. That's what we want. We move really fast. And that's good. A lot of people, you know, you don't like to sit there and wait and then see how things are going to work out. You want to go, okay, while I am striking, I want to, while this, this fire mm-hmm. is hot, I want to continue going. Because well, once it's difficult to get yourself motivated sometimes. And if people think I'm a, a one-man wrecking crew, I'm not. I've got, <laughs> I've got three staff personnel tara Lindsay, josh so i've got plenty of of people behind me on my team here to help me get this client through the process as quickly as possible with the understanding we're only going to move as fast as you want to move right and i just want to reiterate that you know once you get it in your mind that you want to shop for houses you want to go you don't want to wait you want to look Mm -hmm. and the smartest thing to do for the for the real estate side of the the piece is that we don't put people in our car until we know you're fully approved and what loan program you're going to look at because not every home is qualified. Right. Some sellers won't accept certain types of financing. So we also want to do a needs versus wants analysis, right, Phil? Correct. And so when someone comes to you, Phil, and I know that you you do full on consultations and you have the conversation. So what are you looking for? What do you want in a property and what are you willing to not accept? So some of the things as a real estate agent that I see that people are so, so visual, you must allow yourself to not be affected by decor. Okay. Okay. So, so that's, you mean if they have furniture or have decorated in a way that you don't like? That's correct. You can't. You can't use that as your your. You. I have to have it look this way. I can't tell you the number of times I tell a client to stop, close your eyes, 
and picture your things in here and the color that you want. Now, sellers, if you're listening to this, this is a real thing happening all the time. People are very conditioned by what they see in media. Okay. They are very conditioned to certain color palettes. They're, they're conditioned to it being spotlessly clean. They're conditioned to colors on your wall, and it's a real thing. People will pass on your house if it's not decorated well, and it will cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. People will pay far more money when it's it's uh, jerking at their heart. Okay. Okay, meaning you've done a really great job of decorating the house, You've done a great job of maintaining the home. You drive by the house and it's got great curb appeal. Instead of having one buyer, you'd have in this marketplace right now, you'd have 10. And of those 10, six are going to be literally fighting over your house. All right. With the understanding, the house has to appraise. Okay. okay? If they're, if they're a finance buyer, which 99% are, the house still has to appraise. But guess what? The nicer you make your home, the more money you're going to get for it. So that when we like Miss Shannon, we're talking to you. Yes. Let's just hypothetically say you and I are looking for a property and you tell me I need two bathrooms. I need two stalls in my garage. Right. I need to have gray walls. So I need it to be moving ready. I need okay. it to be very, I don't want to do a thing. I want to put my furniture down and call it a day. So you and I need to have a conversation about the cost of a bucket of paint. Okay. Because that turns into a want is what you're is saying. Correct. Mm-hmm. correct. And not only that, but do you really need two full bathrooms? Right. Could you, could you, if there's the... The possibility of adding one down the road. Let's just say that you get the the ideal house that you've always wanted in the neighborhood that you really, really want. And it's super competitive. But somehow this one house just sat there. And I was like, let's go look at that one house. It's been on for, you know, 34 days. Right. And you're like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And then we get in there and it's perfect, except it doesn't have two stalls for your garage. Right. Is that something that you could possibly get into a house at three to four percent interest today? It's not your dream home, but in three to five years, let's turn around and sell that for a profit and then you buy your dream home. Well, how do you help me imagine big picture like that when I'm going, well, this is what I can do for the next six months? All right. I think when when it comes to first time home buyers or buyers that are in a market between say the 150 and 250 you need to to basically break it down as to does the house have enough space that's where you really have to start does it have enough space to accommodate your family okay is the location in a fairly decent location close to where you want to be so it'll work into your lifestyle correct then last but not least does it fit the budget All right, because once we go outside of that bucket of the budget, now you become a prisoner to the home or you're not able to live the lifestyle that you're willing to live. That's why all these TV shows that you see these beautiful houses being sold for $150,000 in Texas. Well, folks, that house for $150,000 in Texas is $350,000 here in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Totally two different marketplaces. 
Exactly. So, you know, that's just the thing. You know, we need to talk about the neighborhood. That's primary. You can't change that. And you want that to be a resellable house, right? right? So when you get into it, we want to make sure that, you know, you're getting it for a fair price, that it's in reasonable good condition, that there's no structural things that we can notice, and that you could do a few things and pretty it up in your own style that maybe would appeal to a lot more buyers. And in three to five years, you sell it for a profit, take that profit and put it as part of your down payment and your next move. Well, Phil and Mimi, let's go to producer Sonny. I believe she had a question from one of our callers. Yes. Um, Phil, you made a statement about um, building your credit and using credit cards. Yep. And uh, Mary wanted to know, and I got information, Mary wanted to know why you left, left the $10 on the balance. Like you said, you'd go out and use $60, and then you said pay it down to $10. Why leave the $10 balance instead of paying it all off? Leave the balance on because the credit bureaus are monitoring your balances on it's called credit utilization and by keeping a balance on the card you're below the 30 percent threshold of utilization rate secondly you don't know when this vendor reports to the bureau so you could literally pay it off and the bureaus may not pick it up as a as a balance out there so in other words if they don't see the transaction then it doesn't get reported oh because it's just sitting there Unused. Correct. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Or appears no. to be unused. Another example. Okay. Another example is is you go make a charge of fifty dollars on a credit card, and then you get pinged by the credit card company on your iPhone, and then you decide to go to your bank and you go, oh, "I'll just pay it right now." Well, guess what? It never worked its way through the cycle, so it never had an opportunity to report to the bureau. So there, it's like you charge, but. They don't see it. So it doesn't look like you use it at all. Correct. Fair enough. Okay, so let's just move on to the documents that you're going to need to gather. And what we're probably now into week one of mm-hmm. the 90-day perfect mortgage marriage. It depends. I mean, I could be in day two right now if my client is super motivated. <laughs> With my system, they're able to upload all their documents after the application's done. It's 100% secured and encrypted. And my staff and I, we normally turn all our documents within 24 hours. Let's see. What documents do you need, Phil? W-2s, last two years. Tax, federal tax returns, last two years. Last 30 days, paycheck stubs. Last 60 days, bank statements. Copy of your driver's license. And everything I just mentioned right there is for that W-2'd borrower that's employed for a company. Now, if you're self-employed, then I would need two years of your business Returns and that really comes down to are you an LLC, S Corp, or C Corp? If you're an LLC, you actually file your business returns within your personal returns on the federal returns. Whereas if you're an S Corp or a C Corp, you're actually going to have a business return. So I would ask those to come into play. Now, of course, if the consumer's got foreclosures, bankruptcies, divorces, the documentation could be more, but that's where. When, when I spend time with my client and I, I talk with them as to what their goals are, I also try to get a very good understanding of where you are today and where were you in the past, which then allows me to bring all these puzzle pieces together. So before we head into the next break, Phil, I just want you to maybe, I know this is kind of like off the cuff, but what percentage would you say 
of people that come in to your office or work with you that have had issues with their credit in the past, being laid off, uh, bankruptcy, short sale, foreclosure, medical issues. Would you say that there's a fair amount of people that have these problems and that you're able to help them work through it? If I was to look at over a seven-year timeline of over all the consumers I've ever worked with, I'm going to throw a number of 35 to 40%. Okay. So you are not alone is what that you're is saying. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so you don't need to be afraid if you've had some blemishes on your, your past. You no. Know, those can be worked through. As a matter of fact, I, I love working with those clients because I love the challenge of trying to make it better for them. All right. And I mean, there isn't anything I haven't seen. There isn't a story somebody can tell me. All right. I'm going to listen to your story. I'm going to take a look at your situation and then we're going to provide solutions that meet your specific situation. Well, so when we come back from the break, Phil's going to talk a little bit more about what documentations, letters of explanation, how he gets that resolved. And we'll take your calls. The number again is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. Remember, you can always go to our page by going to MyTalk1071.com, keyword Red Hot. Yes. And so, Phil, once somebody comes back to you, um, we were talking in the last break, and they've got problems that they need to have overcome. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing these things on their credit report. How do you help them resolve those things? Well, I mean, there there's things that are resolvable, and then there's some things that are not resolvable. But then some things that are not resolvable might have timelines on them, okay, such as bankruptcy, which would be two years, a foreclosure could be four years or seven years. But when, when it comes to... You know, when I'm looking at things on credit, one of the one of the easiest fixes that I'm able to do a lot of work with people on is what's called credit utilization rates. And by reducing their their utilization rates, uh, I'm able to get them much better scores and get them into better products. So let me give you an example. All right, you can put 20% down, but your credit score is a 668. Okay. Okay. Well, your interest rate on a 668 would probably be in your mid fours because you don't have the greatest credit score for a conventional loan. Okay. But you're saying, but I want to put 20% down. Okay. Well, how about we only put 10% down and you have mortgage insurance of $41, but then we knock down four or five of your, your credit cards, bring your utilization rates down into the low 25% range and your credit score goes from a 668 to a 7, oh, 740, all right, and your mortgage and insurance is dirt cheap. Now your debts are paid down, which is going to be cheaper for you to get a house. And then, oh, by the way, uh, your interest rate, instead of being at four and a half, four and a quarter is at 3.875. What's better? So what is the what is a good benchmark debt to income ratio for folks to keep in mind? Well, I'm going to give you the maximum debt-to-income ratio so you can just do a quick tabulation. Your maximum on your standard loan is no more than 50% of gross. So go ahead and combine all your credit card payments, your student loan payments, your car loan payments, then throw your new mortgage payment, be it principal, interest, taxes, and insurance to include association if you're happening to buy a townhome. Add that all up. Divide it by your total monthly gross, and if you're over 50%, then we have a problem. Your debt-to-income ratios are over 50%. Good standard rule of thumb, though, is you want to be at no more than 45. 
for good, sound financial health, you should be at no higher than 36. Okay. okay. So um, where are we on the timeline right now? Or about a week, two weeks? For me, it's as fast as you want to go. I can get it done in three to four days. He I know does not that know is, how to produce a 90-day thing. Here's the in the 90 days is now we go through all your documents. We send your loan into underwriting. We're going to get you approved up front. Yes. I'm going to introduce you to Mimi at that point in time. At that specific point in time, we're going to know budget. We're going to know what's your maximum affordability towards a home. We're going to understand where's the money coming from for the down payment. Are we going to be asking the sellers to pay closing costs or are we going to pay them ourselves, which I strongly encourage in this marketplace? At that point in time, it'll take me three to five days to get your file back from underwriting and I'll have a full-fledged approval. By that time, you normally are not going to have a house. 99% of the time, you're not going to have a house. You'll be meeting with Mimi. Mimi's going to be setting up a search. She's going to find out what your wants and your needs are. And at that point in time, we're both working hand-in-hand behind the scenes, and you're just waiting for our phone call with Philly Dog saying, hey, you're good to go. You're good to go. So of the 90 days, Mimi, so we're saying that most of that is shopping with you. I would say 30 days. Okay. You should be able to find a house if your expectations are realistic. Okay. Um, most of the time. I mean, there are going to be circumstances where you shop, you get beat out on an offer. You shop, you get beat out on an offer. And so what you may want to think about is to take your, you know, it's really hard when you shop for champagne. Yes. And then you turn around and begin to shop for beer. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? So you should be looking for something that's, you know, so maybe look for Shasta first. Yes. And then if, if we come up with champagne, you're, you should jump on it. So if, if what you're seeing in the marketplace, let's just use 275 seems to be what you're attracted to. Okay. Okay. That you really like. And, but, but you keep getting beat, beat out on 275. Do you go up in price or do you go down in price? Phil? Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. If, if you're at 275 and your debt to income ratios are at 36 or 40% and you're going, well, if I would have made an offer of 285, People always ask me, so how much is my mortgage payment? Well, your standard rule of thumb is above $4 per thousand. So you making that $10,000 offer more on that house is going to cost you 40 bucks more per month. You know, so the question just comes down to in your heart, are you, is this, is this the home of your dreams? And you've already been told by Mimi that you're in a multiple offer situation. Does it just come down to where I say the analogy, hey, it's time for you to get up to bat, swing for the fences, and, and let's see if we can Just make it. Just go as high as you possibly could. Go as sometimes. high as you possibly can. But there, there's other times I'll come back to the consumer and I'll say, are you nuts? Yeah. I, I have no problem telling that mm-hmm. uh, my consumer that. <laughs> going, that's too uh, much. You're, so, you're going too high. So you also have a strategy of going down. But then if you go down in price and you you're able to... You're going to have to be able to look past a few things because now you've gotten accustomed to seeing the 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 best mm-hmm. that you can afford. Yep. So if you go down in price, maybe you'll be able to be more competitive when in a multiple offer situation because then you could go up and over as long as the house would appraise for that value. Okay. I had a client that we're, what we're talking about right now, she fell in this box and I proposed her a solution. I said, why don't you go to your real estate agent and say, I want you to refine my search and I only want to see anything out there that's been on MLS for longer than 30 days. Okay. 
and that's the house she got. Okay. And she got it at full price, but she did get the sellers to pay her closing costs. And oh, by the way, she didn't have any competition at all on that property. Did the house have flaws? There was nothing structurally wrong with the home. Okay. But it needed new paint. It needed maybe some new front cabinets. It needed some new carpet in the family room because it was soiled. All right. Because I looked at all the pictures in the house. But it was a nice house. Right. And she was a first-time home buyer. And it, it met all her needs. And you want to know what she said? She said, Phil, thank you for, for, for telling me that. Right. You know? Because... Mimi and I, we have a strategy for every consumer out there, be it you're a luxury home built, want a luxury home, or you're a first time home buyer. We will come up with a specific strategy to help you. The question is, is will you take the information we give you and will you utilize it? Yeah, I love that. 30 days, people start to think there's something wrong with the house. It would be a perfectly fine house. Right. Um, and it's especially good for folks that have contingencies. So if you have a house that needs to close before you make your offer, sellers are not so motivated to accept those offers, especially when they're brand new on the market. But as time ticks away and they're saying, well, I've been on the market for 30 days and where's my offer? Right. Maybe that would be a good house for you to offer on for your contingency. Here's another thing, folks. We're starting to see a little bit of a slowdown in the market. We're coming into the best time to buy a house, believe it or not, October, November, December, and January. So for those buyers out there that put their put their feet in the water and they struck out, things didn't happen. Right. I want to tell you, you're now coming into the best part of the buying season for a buyer. It's not the best time for a seller, but we're coming into the best time for a buyer because we are starting to see inventory slowly starting to creep up a little bit. Which thou means that for that buyer that's between that 150 and 250 mark, I really think this is a, an optimal time for you to, you know, find that house. So what's the best way of them to get a hold of you, Phil, if they are ready to, like, as you said, creep back into the market? Best way for them to ever get a hold of me is my cell phone number, 651-238-6748, or my email is phil at call phil 